Thanks very much, Claire. And uh, if you haven't got a copy uh, of the Bible handy, you may want to just uh, pause uh, the video and get one and uh, look up Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, beginning at that first verse 35, because that's what I'd like to speak on now. Luke 12:35. Let's begin with a word of prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, as we come before you now, we thank you so much that you speak to us through your word, the scriptures. And we pray that you'd open our minds to understand what you're saying to us today and move our hearts and wills to respond in a way that pleases you and brings you great glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I'd like to speak about a very important subject and one that's often forgotten in the busyness of our lives and especially when we're busy surviving the pandemic. And that is Jesus' return. Usually we think about Jesus' return at Advent, uh, when we often focus, however, on his first coming and don't think much about his second coming. But his second coming ought to actually affect every aspect of our lives, our thoughts, our motivations, how we spend our money, how we speak, everything. And indeed, it puts the pandemic in perspective and helps us to respond to it. Well, today's passage contains three striking parables, and each of them help us to think through this crucial subject of the Lord's return. The passage begins with a strong command, be dressed, ready, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Well, who are these servants and who is this master? And is there any significance in the fact that he's coming from a wedding banquet? If we stand back a little and look at the bigger picture, we discover that Jesus is talking to his disciples but they're surrounded by a massive crowd. In fact, it's so big that they're almost trampling on one another. And in this context, Jesus speaks first to the disciples with the crowd listening in. And what he's doing, he's preparing all of them for what's to come in the future. And Jesus commands his disciples to be dressed, ready, like men waiting for their master to return. And what will he do? It'll be good for those servants who keep watch, even if he comes very late, even if he comes in the early hours of the morning, so that when he comes, they can immediately open the door for him. And what will he do? I don't know if you've ever returned from a long trip. Maybe you've been overseas or interstate. And you've been delayed. Your plane's been late or the kids kept getting sick. And you're exhausted. And someone was meant to be waiting up for you just to check that everything was okay. 
But when you get home, the place is jet black. You knock on the door and nothing happens. So you knock again, louder this time. And nothing happens. So you start moving around the house, knocking on the windows, and eventually a light comes on and someone opens a door with tussled hair and hastily donned shorts and bleary eyes. Oh, we thought you weren't coming. We were expecting you much earlier. The place is cold. There's somebody else's mess around. There's nothing in the fridge. I tell you, it'll be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. And what will he do? You know, those ready servants had the fire stoked. Their rooms were welcoming and warm. The lights were going well, burning brightly, well trimmed, not smoking. Plenty of hot water to wash, food in the fridge if they were hungry. And the beds were freshly made with crisp linen. And the servants themselves were well-dressed, smart and clean, expectant, ready to look after their tired master. And they kept a lookout. They were alert because as soon as the master knocks, they opened the door to welcome him. And what does he do? In a stunning role reversal, he takes off his travelling clothes and puts on the tunic of a servant and says to his servants to sit down and he begins to wait on them. Absolutely extraordinary. Absolutely unheard of. That's an extraordinary thing for a master to do when he comes back tired from a major function late at night. But what a wonderful and wonderfully surprising act this is for these faithful servants who sit amazed. So be ready. Well, Jesus then slips into a second parable. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time the thief was coming, he wouldn't have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Verses 39 to 40. Well, thieves come when you least expect them, don't they? If you knew you were, they were coming, you'd be there with the police, like Frederick in The Pirates of Penzance, Gilbert and Sullivan. No, no, thieves come when you least expect them. You may have just gone out to take the kids to childcare or to school to get some bread or milk. You get back, the door's open, and you've been robbed. So how do you prepare for thieves? Do you just pretend they'll never come? Some people do, and they pay the consequences. 
But if you've been robbed a few times and you've lost something valuable, especially something that's hard to replace, you train yourselves in habits and disciplines. Now, I don't know what habits and disciplines you have to do up here in the hills to prepare yourself for thieves, but I'm sure there are some, like maybe keeping some of the gates locked. But where I come from, which is down in the, uh, in the city, on, in the, <laughs> down in the inner city, I always have to keep my door locked. I always have to keep my windows locked. I always have to keep my valuables out of view whenever I park the car. You see, I presume that thieves are always going to be coming, any time, every time. So I always lock the house. I always lock the windows. I always keep the valuables hidden. You never let your guard drop because you know you might be visited at any time. I had a friend who was staying with me and I said to him, Sam, you have to keep the door locked. Sure enough, I got back from work one day to be greeted by a distraught Sam who said, I've had my wallet locked, uh, nicked, and not only my wallet, but my computer. I was just in the shower, he says. Just the same. The Son of Man will come when you least expect him. I mean, who would have thought Jesus would compare himself to a thief? Get into the right habits and disciplines. That's the way you'll stay safe. Never let your guard drop because you know he might come at any time. Be ready. Well, Peter says to Jesus, no doubt looking at the crowd that's around, Lord, are you saying this to us or to them? And by way of an answer, and no doubt occasioned by the crowd, Jesus tells them yet another parable, the third one in this little series. He says, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Verses 42 and 43. Indeed, it'll be so good that the master will put him in charge of all his possessions. Because of his faithfulness, this manager is going to be put in charge of all the master's possessions. The master completely trusts him. Indeed, this manager will find himself privileged and honoured. He's sort of part of the master's inner circle. On the other hand, let's imagine that this manager says to himself, oh, my master seems to be taking a long while coming. It doesn't look like he'll be back any time soon. I'm not sure he'll even be back. Uh, maybe he's died. And so instead of caring for his master's servants, he begins to get a little slack, a little self-important, a little bossy even, and maybe he fills himself, his tummy a bit more and doesn't give as much to the other servants from the master's produce from the farm. And he begins to drink a little bit more and throw his weight a riddle around a little bit more and he bosses and bullies the other servants a bit more. I mean, who's to stop him? But then suddenly, there's his master. And this manager's caught with his pants down in the middle of the fracas, taking liberties, drunk, 
master has no mercy because he trusted this manager. He trusted him to look after the other servants. And no doubt, with that responsibility, there came privileges. But he's abused them badly. And in fact, he's usurped the master's role. No longer is the household being managed well. No longer are the servants being fed properly. No longer do they feel safe. And the master's house has been brought into great disrepute. There's to be no second chance for this manager. He's already evidenced his character, hasn't he? And so the master treats the manager just like the manager treated the servants. The master wants nothing to do with them. In fact, he chops him up into pieces and throws him out with the unbelievers. Well, Jesus goes on to say that the extent of our judgment depends on what we've been given and what we've done with it. If we clearly know the master's will and we've been entrusted with much, disobedience will clearly lead to destruction and a final place outside the master's house. From everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So are these parables for the disciples or for everyone? Because they're a very severe warning, aren't they? They're especially a severe warning for those who know the master's business. And especially for those who have been asked by the master to look after his servants while he's away. Well, in the first instance, of course they're for the disciples. But now we too are his disciples, aren't we? And we know the master's business. You've in fact been studying the master's business. As you look at these sermons from Acts, the master's business is about getting the gospel out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth, even to the ends of the earth in Australia and Tasmania and Malakuta. That's what the master's business is. And for those of us who are pastors or Christian leaders in some way, maybe we're on the vestry or maybe we've got some responsibility in the church, even parents who are looking after children, we've been asked by the master to care for his servants while he's away, haven't we? Now I recognise that it does seem like Jesus has been away for a long time. But that's because he's been wanting people of every nation right to the ends of Australia to hear about how they can be saved. And thank goodness he didn't return before I got saved or before you got saved. But he will be back when we least expect it. So have you heard the point from our three parables? What's the word for the servants in the first parable? Keep watch. Be ready. What's the owner 
what's the word for the owner of the house in the second parable? Stay alert. Be ready. And what's the word for the manager in the third parable? Be ready. Look after my servants. Look after those under your care. So are you ready? I mean, would you be characterised right now as a person ready for Jesus' return? In many households, there's a frantic scramble whenever an unexpected, an unexpected visitor drops in, isn't there? Quick, get those undies off the floor. Can you do that um, washing up there? Is, is the bathroom all right? When the Lord returns, it'll be too late for a frantic scramble. We'll either be ready or we won't. Will you be dressed, ready for service? Are you alert, looking out for his return as we pray in the Lord's Prayer daily? Are you dressed in the robe of righteousness that only Christ can give, trusting in Christ for your eternal salvation and only in Christ? Will your lamp be burning? Are you holding out the light of Christ to a dark and fearful world, especially a world fearful at the moment because of the pandemic? Or will you be looking after number one? Disdainful of your master's people and disdainful of your master's property, just looking after yourself, usurping the master's role. Before you know it, you'll be robbed of everything you hold dear and you'll be cut to pieces and assigned a place with the unbelievers. Because from everyone who's been given much, much more will be demanded. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. But for those of us who are ready, what a wonderful promise we have here. From the master who's just come from a wedding banquet. From a wedding banquet that's a foretaste of the great wedding banquet that he's preparing for all his people at the end of time as we know it, at the beginning of a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to wait on us. And more than that, those of us who have faithfully cared for his servants will indeed steward joyfully all his possessions. Are you ready?